You're holding an Avais in Mishnah Yadzayin. Let's read the Mishnah first. The Mishnah says, Shimon Benoi, Shimon the son of Rabbi Gamliel, which you mentioned in the previous Mishnah. So, I mean, he's, this is what he said. And he said, Kol Yomai Gadalti Ben Chachomim. My entire life I grew up between Chachomim. I found nothing better for the body than silence. That's his first piece of advice. The second, The learning isn't the priority, it's what one does. And the third piece of advice, Anybody who speaks too much brings a bad error. Now the first thing we can point out from the Mishnah is, why does it need the introduction? Uh, my entire life I grew up between the Chachomim. Why doesn't he just get to the point he wants to say, and that is I found nothing better for the body than silence. Also, the second question we can ask, which is what the Maral is going to ask, and that is why does he say I found nothing better for the body than silence? What he should have said is I found nothing better for a person than silence. Why does he blame it on the person's body? And the last question is what's the difference between the first statement that Shimon makes, Shimon makes, there's nothing better for the body than silence, and the third statement that he makes, that a person who speaks too much uh, brings, makes mistakes, brings on himself a virus. If it's the same thing, then why does he interrupt the two statements by saying in the middle a third idea, and that is that the priority isn't what one learns, but what one does. So we went to see the morale asks these questions, Let's see inside first what the Maral says, and then Be'ez Hashem, as always, will try add a bit of explanation in our own words. So the Maral says, He's coming to talk about how a person can rectify his body. In the previous mission we saw Ramgamil, Ramgamil spoke about a person using his seichel and therefore only doing things which are clear to him. And shouldn't act in ignorance in the darkness. He came to teach, to attack in the person as far as his body is concerned. Why does it need introduction? Why does it add? The second question, why is it part of what he's saying? If he speaks first about the importance of being quiet, then afterwards he says, What's the progression? And then he goes back to the speech afterwards. So why doesn't he bring the two statements about speech together? It also needs explanation. Why is he talking about the body? I found nothing better for a person than silence. The last line he says, that a person who increases his words brings about a chait, he's not saying anything new. Through an extra speech, it's impossible to avoid the aver. So Rashi explains, what he said is, what he means is, even among the Chachamim. That uh, even for Chachamim, Shrekah is good. That was the way that he used to act. 
וכל שכן, בני העולם שאין חכמים, שהשג יפה להם. And for sure, for people who aren't Chachamim, and therefore are more likely to say stupid things, so of course it would be better for them to keep quiet. So it's meant to be read as in the context of, even for Chachamim, the shtick is worthwhile. I'll add to that, and for Pirish Lematos, he's a goof, toive, and a shticker. Why does he talk about the body? Because a person has a body, that's why Yafel Ashtika. That's why silence is good for him. Why? And this is the Chiddush of the Maral. Let's read it inside first and then understand the depth of what he's saying. Just like we saw now, a person is a spiritual part and a physical part of themselves. So similarly, the nefesh which of a person also has a spiritual part and a physical part. And speech is the physical part of the nefesh. It's not completely abstract thought like a person's mind is. That would be the spiritual part of a person's thought. And since speech is the physical part of a person's thought, it's good for him to keep quiet. He doesn't come to make mistakes. Because the koyach of speech is mevatal the koyach of thinking. Why? Because the one is more physical, one is less physical, and therefore they work against each other. And therefore, by focusing on speech, a person is distracting himself from his ability to think. And obviously that needs explanation to us. We know that often a person learns with Chavrusa, so we discuss something, that's the way they clarify it, that's the way they, they, they formulate the words to explain it, that that's the way a person thinks. Why would that be one against the other one? And that's what he says, When a person keeps quiet, then his mind can think. The spiritual and physical part of a person can't work simultaneously, and therefore either his seichel is working with his speech, which is physical, or is working with his thoughts in his mind, which is spiritual. And that's a person should keep quiet and not exercise the craft to speak more than he needs to. And that's why he allows the seichel to work. And that's why he explains what Rav Shimon meant when he said, "Ain't I b'lukuf rakashteka?" That what's good for the body is silence. Shevada yafe v'noy lukuf sheishtok. It's good for the body being, as that's the body, as that's the more physical part of the person. It's right for it to be quiet sheishtok, and we give precedence, give priority to the seichel. Means the mocham and seichel shefal purdase. And that way, v'yah guf tafel, the guf becomes secondary. Mifnezze et la seichel. It's better that the kuf should, so to speak, be subservient to the seichel, not the other way around. Whereas it's going to be the other way around, and a person speaks too much, then his mind becomes bottled to his speech, and that's not the way it's meant to be, and that's why the best thing for the body a person who speaks too much is called a ksil because the more he speaks the less he thinks and therefore it's a sign of his stupidity that he doesn't think because he's focusing all his uh, all his ability of 
because a person's mind and his body are opposites. And therefore the Chacham, the other way around, the more he thinks, the less he uses his speech. And that's why he says that as a guf, it's more important for it not to be the primary thing a person uses, rather to be secondary, to let the seichel take the, the importance, the priority. And therefore, the fiqh Omar, that when it comes to Nevesh Hamid, the bearers koyach mutba v'guf, it's more good for the body to keep quiet. And especially a speech, which is a lot of what a person spends his time doing, that's going to be a distraction from using his mind. So if we should avoid it more. And therefore it's better for a person to remain silent. Let's elaborate a little bit on what the morale said, and as we always do, uh, try to find our own words to convey the principle of the morale. The morale said that there's two parts even to a person's mind. One is more spiritual, one is more physical. The mind's physical manifestation is through speech. The mind's less physical manifestation is through what he calls through machshava, through understanding, which doesn't involve speech. And if we ask the question, we think by talking. We clarify our ideas by discussing them. So why would that be a contradiction? What's the difference between what you say a person thinks and what he says? If we use speech as a way to convey thought. So the principle is like this. Let's first start with the Chazal. The Gemara says in Psachim that a person should always teach his students B'derech Ketorah. If a person is going to teach, you should always find the shortest amount of words with which to teach. Why? So Rashi and the Gemara explains, because being as then everything used to be uh, recorded from memory, and therefore if a a student wants to remember what his teacher said, so the less words they are to remember, the easier it is for him. And therefore if a person gives very long-winded Explanations, so then it's harder for the student to remember. If a person chooses short, sassy interpretations and makes it very clear and brief what he wants to say, so it's easier to memorize, which is Rashi's chat. The Rambam, however, in Hilchus explains it differently. And the Rambam says the reason why a person should always teach his students B'derech Torah is because of this principle of and that it's good for Chacham to remain silent. And therefore, the less I need to talk, the more, the more I'm able to remain silent. And here also we need to understand what that means. If a person is not talking about unnecessary things, rather we're talking about a person explaining Torah. And in that we say a person should use less words to explain Torah because it's Kadai to be quiet. It's more important for the person to remain silent and the less he talks, the more he's able to remain silent. But you want to understand what's this tremendous value to silence, even when it comes to talking in Torah. And we're going to say that's why Shimon Gamliel said 
that I'm not talking about silence for people who otherwise be discussing inane topics or speaking things which are also to speak about. I'm even talking about the Chachomim. Remember, Bishimon was the son of the Nasi. So his father's home was a meeting point for Chachomim. And even in that company of the Tanoim, Sir Shimon says, I learned, I was trained, that the, the minor of keeping quiet, the minor of not speaking, even though I had the Chachamim spoken, the topic they would have spoken about would have definitely been terrible. But nevertheless, he sees the value of silence, and the question is why. So I want to share with you a story that I heard from Marib Rabbi, really from the Maral, but the Maral in a different place. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah describes him as being kvad peh or kvad lashi. In other words, having difficulty speaking and difficulty using his tongue. And on that is the famous Chazal, that the reason why Moshe was a kvad lashi, the reason why Moshe's tongue, so to speak, was hard for him to use his tongue, was because the child had taken the crown of Pharaoh's head, and when they then, after done the test, to see was he trying to look for the crown was he looking for something which shone brightly and they put in front of him a burning coal and a piece of gold so the malach in Chile took the coal and put it in his mouth and that way he burnt his tongue and so if they asked why Moshe had difficulty using his tongue it was an injury he did to himself as a baby but it doesn't explain how Moshe would be kvat peh what was wrong with Moshe's mouth and why didn't he have, why was he, did he have difficulty using his mouth to speak so the morale explains the point like this. I just want to explain it in my own words, and I'm going to give a marshal first, which, which I think we can relate to better before we come to what the morale says, but we will understand the principle from the marshal. And that is, in a way, language is very limiting. Language is very limiting because it confines a person to the words he can use. And let's just give an example. And sometimes a person feels a certain way. And if you're going to ask the person, how do you feel? Then he has to find the words to convey his feelings. But do the words do justice to the depth of feeling that the person has? If a person feels very strongly, then probably not. So example, if you go to a chasen on his wedding day, and you ask him, how do you feel? He's going to say happy, he's going to say excited. It's true, but it doesn't do justice to what the person feels. And therefore, a person doesn't really have the vocabulary to explain what he feels. So if he's going to use words, he's going to have to minimize it to words which the other person understands. Which means, I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm I'm celebrating. Now all those words can mean something of much less intensity too. A person can be happy when he hears good news. A person can be excited when he gets a he gets a new toy, a new pen, a new sofa. It doesn't begin to describe the feeling a person has when they get married. But the words are the words. So if a person's going to try and convey something, and for that he needs words, he needs a vocabulary, he's going to have to use the words available to him, even if the words fall far short of the idea or the feeling that the words are trying to convey. Now, for a person who has also gotten married, and he knows the feeling, so when he sees another chasen, so he can relate to what the person's feeling, 
without hearing the words I'm happy because he has an experience which is a shared experience and he knows what that feels like so we made it he can he can relive that feeling he can understand the other person's feeling but for a person who's never been there and he wants to tell me what does it feel like so it feels happy feels exciting so then the only way I can relate it is the words the person used but we understand ourselves that that doesn't convey the full sense of what the person meant it's limiting it to the way I understand the words and that's just an example but the principle is that what a person uses words for as much as that's the means we have to convey something it's limiting us to how much the word how much of a feeling the word conveys but we have no other option we can't convey information we can't share a feeling with somebody else without words and now here are the two options the one option is if a person let's say we don't go that, that we're talking about what a person can feel so if a person feels with words he thinks how do I feel I feel happy I feel excited I feel worried I feel anxious if a person's using his ability his the words that he's going to describe the way he feels to and that's what he feel, that's what how, where he puts his feeling as being then we realize it's not a very deep feeling whereas if a person feels on a level deeper than the words even if he had to try and explain what he was feeling he'd use words but understanding is that the words are just a reference point it's not the full description that's my motion now let me explain the notion because the same way we talk about feelings which is something perhaps we relate to better we can talk about understanding when we're talking about a topic so understanding the topic we can either understand the topic through the words we use to explain it in which case I know that this, these words define this idea so I explain things in words I, I talk I, explain, I just understand things in words I can't, my, the concept is related to the words I'm using to to convey the idea so that's one level of understanding whereas when a person understands a concept in its full and so to speak depth so sometimes it's on a level deeper than words in other words there's something much much more profound something much deeper something which a person relates to connects to and it's not really the words it's the concept it's the idea it's the enormity of the of of, of a topic but if I had to try and explain to somebody else once again I don't have a means to do that if I don't use words but it's understood the words aren't the depth the words just alludes to what the concept is but it's meant to be understood on a much deeper level just like by a feeling now how do I convey the deeper level the only way I have to communicate is with words and the answer is <coughs> I'll use a marshal which I once heard from a psychologist a child psychologist and he said the worst thing for people's minds for children's minds was the development of a film or of a movie why? because when a person reads a book so they have to use their imagination to see the scene that's being portrayed it talks about the house and the furniture and the setting and the person has to use his imagination to visualize it whereas if you're shown a picture then you're shown a picture you don't have to use your mind for anything it's 
given to you already, you know, what the picture was, and then there's no room for me to imagine. And again, this is a marshal, but it's the same idea, which applies to a person's mind. And that is, if I provide something for a person who now he needs to think about, and he needs to develop, so he has to use his mind to understand it, so then he's going to exercise his ability to think, to try and appreciate the idea. If I'm going to spell it out in such detail that everything is completely clear from what I've said, then the person is just naturally going to accept what I've said, and that's all. That's where his understanding is going to end. And therefore, if I wanted to explain something, and this is the omit of the Ram, maybe I'm using many words to explain something which he didn't, that's exactly the point he was trying to say. And that is the reason why a person should be teach a student Derek Qatar. The reason why when a person teaches, he should teach in the minimal amounts of words possible is because of the value of shtika, the value of keeping quiet. And what is the value of keeping quiet? The aside of the mara, which we see here as well, is that the more a person explains something, it's like the more I'm painting the picture for you. And if that's the case, the less there is for the other person to use his mind to understand. Because everything is presented to him in a way which is already understood. Now, that's not just a problem that he hasn't used his mind. The problem is, he's never gotten to the depth. He's never gotten to the depth, because he's never had to use his mind to comprehend and grasp the greatness of the concept. He understood the words which were used to explain it. And therefore, if a person teaches his students in a, with less explanation, which is going to force them to have to think about it to understand, then it's forcing them to use their minds, their power to think, to, to connect to the topic, to grasp the, the, the depth of the idea, not just to hear the words which are used as an explanation. And then the person understands things much deeper. So for example, if I was teaching halacha, and I would say clearly that this is the halacha because of this is the reason, and everything was set out clearly, so yes, it's clear to the person who's hearing it, but they don't see the depth in it. They just heard that this is the re- this is the law and this is the reason for it, and then okay, that's what I, that's what he's picked up from what I said, and that's what he understands, and it could be right and it makes sense, but it's not the same depth as if I was to explain to the person the, the examples of the halacha, and I would say to him, now you understand why these things are like, why the halacha is like that, understand what the rationale is which puts them together. And if the person would understand it deeply, then he had come to a much deeper understanding than just the explanation that I provided him with by giving him that this is the law and this is the reason. And that's why, again, for a person who is not capable to do that, then of course I have to say everything myself. Because otherwise he's not going to, he's not going to understand anything. But if we talk, and therefore when a person is talking to a, a, someone who's not at an advanced level of learning, of course the avoid is to make things as clear as possible and as simple as possible so they don't misunderstand. But if you're talking to a Chochem, and you're talking to somebody who has the ability to understand, then it's the opposite. Then a person should focus more on letting the person understand more on their own. Don't tell them too much. Just give them what they need in order to enable them to think, and let them come to that topic on their own by thinking. Because the more a person thinks, the more they're going to understand a depth beyond words. They're going to connect to the topic, and it's going to give them a much deeper appreciation of something, 
and just hearing the words that I used to experience. Now, we need to talk like that for our level because we're used to dealing with words and for us it's an avoid that we have to, it's a problem we have to work on to think on a level deeper than that. We can connect to a concept deeper than just the words we're using to explain it. For Moshe Rabbein it was the opposite. Moshe Rabbein's grasp of everything was so deep that he understood the concept in its depth and for him it was an avoider to find the words to explain it. In other words, he had to minimize the greatness of the concept. He had to bring it down to a lower level where words would be, would, where words could be used to try and convey it. But the words would never convey accurately the depth. And therefore Moshe had to struggle to find the words which could convey something that if people understood them would understand the depth that he meant when he was saying what he was saying. And that's why it was a quite pair. It was difficult to find the words to say. It was minimizing and a great idea into words which didn't fully do it justice. We find this idea in the Mishnah when it talks about teaching Kabbalah. And here also, it's a topic which is too great and too holy and too deep to find the words which are going to explain Hashem or going to explain Ruchnis. So how do I teach? So the Mishnah says in Chagiga, what I can do is, I can be Moise Rashi Prokim to a Talmud who's maybe Midaitim. Which means, Kabbalah needs the process of a person's understanding on their own. But I have to convey something, so I have to convey Rashi Prokim. So to speak, just the, the key words, the head of the chapter. And by doing that, I give a person enough that if he's able to develop and focus and connect the dots themselves and create and work on understanding the idea, so they've given enough information and now able, they're able to develop it more. They're able to connect to it more. That's the same idea of shtika, of not saying too much, saying enough to, to encourage and enable the other person to use their own circle to understand. And now to come back to the morale we saw here. That's what the morale says. That a person's mind has a more physical way of working, which is converting everything into words. And a more spiritual way of working, which is developing the ideas. And when a person trains his mind just to work with language, what's the word I'm going to use and what's the same way I'm going to say it, so then he's, avo- he's losing the ability to connect to the idea. Because the idea is deeper than the words. And when a person focuses more on shtika, which means I think about things, not just how am I going to say them. I think about things to try and understand the depth of the idea. So then that gives me an ability to connect to things on a level deeper than speech could do. That's the the derech of the Chachamim. The derech of the Chachamim was to understand the depth of a topic. That's what Rabbi Gamliel says. And I found that the best thing was shtika. Now, the Maral Aswari said the best thing for the body. The best thing for the body. So that's what he explains. That the way that the seichel has a more physical sense, so to speak, the body of the seichel, is speech. And the best thing is that a person shouldn't look to develop that. On the contrary, a person should look to develop the spiritual part of the seichel, which is the thought. And it's Afkabah Chachomim. But people who are not Chachomim, 
So then they're not going to understand anything unless I explain it in detail and clearly. And then I need to explain everything as in the in the best and the clearest way I can. When we're talking about chachamim, people who do have the ability to focus and understand depth. And the best thing is to say less because it gives people the ability to understand more. Now with this beautiful understanding, we can come to the next line that the Mishnah says. And one thing I'll just explain the idea a little bit outside, then also will read it in the Maral's own words. And that is when he says, The main thing isn't the learning and the action. And Maral asked, why is it connected to the first thing that Shimon Gamil spoke about, which was the value of silence of speech? So the Maral continues the explanation. And he says, once it be explained, importance of using the ruchni part, the spiritual parts of the way one thinks to to develop ideas rather than using the physical part of one when one speaks, which is the language you would use to speak. So then we would might think that the same thing would apply to what a person should do. And that's the case focusing on the spiritual part of an idea, the medrash, the the, the the depth of understanding, maybe we think takes priority over with actually doing the actions, doing the mitzvah, which is uses the body and is more physical. And Rabbi else is not like that. He says the ikkar is the, the maisa, and the question is why. So obviously it doesn't mean to say that a person is not enough to learn about Shabbos, a person has to keep Shabbos, or it's not enough to learn about kashras, a person has to keep kashras, that's obvious. And that's not something which needs to teach us. We, we understand that Torah isn't meant to be something which is just theoretical and the person doesn't fulfill it. But rather, the Maral says that Rabbi is teaching us something much deeper. And that is that when it comes to understanding, so then a person can't think that I'm just going to focus on the topic as an abstract idea and understand it fully in a sikhli way, fully in an in a intellectual way. The understanding depends on the doing it. This is a tremendous idea, which means we said that there's more depth that comes from focusing on thinking about something rather than speaking it out. But on the other hand, a person won't appreciate the topic at all if he doesn't do it. And therefore, to connect to Shabbos, if a person's never experienced Shabbos, it's not going to happen. The echo a person gets it from the experience of doing it, that connects him to the topic. And, then, and therefore, to focus only on thinking about something, the medrash, without focusing on the, the fulfillment, means a person is missing an understanding. Because when a person does something, then they have the experience connects to their understanding. And that's why when a person uh, has the mice, has the action, so then they may they understand better. A person that doesn't have the action, so as much as they can focus on the topic, but there's a certain area of the topic which still isn't completely, they aren't able to completely connect, isn't fully appreciated or understood. And we see that. The myths that we can keep today, so we have the nicer, so then we have much more of a connection to awareness of appreciation of that mitzvah. Whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Shafa, whether it's Tfilin, whether it's Shalach if we've been to do that, it doesn't make a difference. And those mitzvahs which we have no connection to because we can't do them today, so as much as we can focus on them and think about them, it doesn't begin to be the same connection to the mitzvah as if we would have done it. And the best example is Korbanas. 
we can learn Kachimir, we can think about the idea behind the carbon, and we can uh, contemplate the concept of a carbon, but we've never brought a carbon. And if that's the case, there's something missing in our appreciation of a connection to carbonus, because it's never been something we could bring in their mesa. And that's the second rule of Shimon Gamil teaches us. And that is, the mesa, the action, is a part of the understanding. The experience adds to the appreciation. And therefore, in those areas where a person is able to fulfill the mitzvah, do it, because that's the echo, that's the basis on which a person is going to base the understanding. And therefore, even those mitzvahs which need to be done, but aren't incumbent on the person. If a, for example, shechita. If a person wants to eat meat, so it needs to be shechita. Does a person have to be a shechita? No. Other people could do the job. Erevin. If a person wants to carry on Shabbos, it needs to be an Erev. Does an, each individual need to build the Erev? No. There could be one person who does it for the whole city. But if a person wants to connect to shechita, understand it properly, then he has to do it himself. Because then he knows what, he, what it means to shaft the semen, he knows what it means to rid him, he knows what it means. Whatever other parts of the, of the mitzvah there are, the mitzvah, the experience, makes it much more real than a person who can talk about the topics without having seen it in real terms. And so then it comes to building Arabic. All the topics, when they're actually used in the mitzvah, are brought to life by that. They become much more real, they become much more a part of the experience and therefore also much more part of the understanding. Let's see in the words of the Maral. It says, And he said, Science is better than speech. Because that enables the person to use his mind. So if that's the case, I might think that learning is more important than doing. For the same reason. A maisa applies to the body, whereas the midrash applies to the mind. And he said that's not true. Continues the morale. And it's not like that. That's the main part. Right? It's a higher level a person can reach if he understands more. The base, the foundation is the mice of Ain Kaida Manasa Sechel, Rakshat Sarich, and Shiela Kaida Misait Wuchan. In order to get to that mile of Sechel, a person first has to have the, the base prepared. And after that, when he has the base, which comes from the mice, he can build on it. And like I said, the experience of doing is it really gives the person the connection to it, which you can then expand on by the setting of it. Later on the mission says in Pekka'avis that a person whose actions precede their Chachmas and their Chachmas remains and it's the same idea that the action gives a person the connection to the topic which then the Chachmas can develop further. And now the morale gets to the third part of the Mishnah and whoever speaks too much it causes them to die various and then he says Yafil Leguf Hashteka, like we said in the first expression of Rav Shimon, Kamei Shemayin Lifnei Shanos Menasechel Lifol Pulasa V'Davaz Emein. Aval Ein Roi Lema Shavchaytei Imar B'Dvar. There's an advantage to thinking rather than speaking, even if a person is like we saw before speaking about the Torah, Torah, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's doing something wrong by speaking. It just might be a lower level. But there's a second reason, which is a danger in too much speech, and that is 
אבל אין לו למה שהוא חייצה עם הרבה דברים שרקעי חדים ולקח לפני עצמו. ואם ירצה לפעול כוח זה, מבלי שייתן כל כוח על השכל, לא שייך לזה חטא. אבל כשהוא אומר בדברים, too many words are going to hate, וזה, כלפי מה שאמרנו, כאילו אין לזה משתיקו כדי שעיקר השכל. ובאת עשה כוח אקדמי, זה פרינסיפל הוא אמר, שהעיקר של הפרסון צריך להיות ‫ההתחלה כי כל השקויח הדיבר פועל כך עוסק לי אי אפשר לפעול פעולות לה בסוף בפרוץ, either one or the other one, כי הם בעצם הופכים לטו אופוזיט. ובוודאי דוב הזה חיסרון לאדם ליאס נמשך החקויח הדיבר לגמרי, שהוא אין לי שכל לגמרי. And therefore to be completely totally on speech as opposed to שכל that's a חיסרון. וכך נראה שזה חיסרון כאשר נמשך אחריו. And that's where a person who follows that is considered lacking in some way. And as a person who only allows in speech without ever thinking about Uh, the depth behind what they're saying. So then, even if they're not saying something wrong, but it's a chait, which means it's a lack in a person. And that's how he explains that it's not the same as the pasuk. The pasuk says that a person is going to do various by speaking, or shaker, or hanif, or whatever other various there are of speech. And he's saying even without a various, the, the preoccupation with the speech itself is a chait, which means is a lack in the person. In other words, it's a lack of his ability to think. ואחר החיסרון נמשך אין חיסרון, כי כל חיסרון גורר חיסרון. כל זה זלק אין דפרסון, וזה שם משהו מבי חטא, שהחטא הוא חיסרון. כי אם כל השני חטא הוא מהכבודה של חיסרון, אז זה פיימוס, החטא לא רק משהו רע, אלא גם משהו מסוים. כמו שפוסק אומר, אני לא אכיח את חטאנו, כאילו אני אגלתי על לא להביא אותו, אני אגלתי על משהו מסוים, ולפי כך אמרי ודברים בלי די חטא וחיסרון. בפרט כאשר חיסרון ובדובי שנמשך על כוח גופני, וחיסרון שימשך אחר זה על חיסרון. The chisarim which comes from the lack of the seichel, of the focus of understanding deeper, is uh, going to cause him to make mistakes later on. It's even deeper than that. It's the point we said before, that words are limiting. And it gives something a form which that's where it's limited with. Whereas a person's seichel isn't limited in the same way, it can expand and develop ideas further. Whereas language has been given a certain form, so it's fixed in that form. And if a person thinks with words, he's really limiting himself to the words he uses. Whereas a person who can contemplate concepts, so then he is much more able to extend and expand them. And that's why it doesn't have the same chet, it doesn't have the same limitation that there is when it comes to Dibur. often says when he wants to say something deep, he says, think about this, which really is exactly the point of this Mishnah. Take a concept and think about it to understand even more than what's been said. The fact that a person can, can use his seichel iyuni, his ability to think, and that, that means how, how he connects to the idea. And therefore we see the three points uh, that Shimon says are connected to each other. The first one is don't focus on thought through speech, focus on thought through contemplation. That, that itself, he says the second point, needs the action which 
it makes it, it builds the base, builds the foundation of a person's connection to the topic. And then after it, he says that the negative side of if a person is going to rely too much on speech, is it's going to limit his ability to think more than that. And therefore, it's a, it's a, not just the lack of the mind, it's even the chisar. Now, and then he finishes off and he says, In the last paragraph, Al the the Pasuk says that too much words is going to is inevitably going to cause a vera. That's a different point, that is speaking too much, a person is going to say something which is wrong, which is unwise, he shouldn't have said. It's going to cause the lack in the person. Not the word is said wrong, but rather the lack in the person, which comes from the point of he's limiting his own ability to understand things deeply. And that's this idea that the seichel, which is the deeper seichel, which is the seichel which comes from contemplation, and that's what the, what the seichel is as opposed to seichel relying on speech, which we saw is firstly which. Uh, means that a person isn't using a seichel which is deeper than that and secondly it prevents the person's ability to understand things in a deeper way those are the three teachings of Rosh Ben Gamliel it's an interesting thing just an observation of Shimon Gamliel who is the author of this Mishnah was as we know one of the ten martyrs he was lost at the time just preceding the Chubra Nabais and he was one of the ten, the ten Haruge Malchus and we know that what the Midrash tells us, the Chetich was the direct catalyst of the Oynish, or Tener Gimalchus, was the fact that Chapitraim says in his introduction to Chapitraim that there were Nikshon Nashon Hara. So that really would be an example of the Chet which comes from Debur. But here we see something more than that. It wasn't just misuse of speech. What the Sirius Shagamil telling us is the reliance on speech is also limiting of a person. Another point also. The Gemara tells us the Torah of Hordus, he killed all the Tadikim, he left one alive, Baba bin Butza, he blinded him, the Gemara Babashat of Gimel, and then he tried to speak to him and get him to say something against the king. And Baba bin Butza made sure not to say anything negative. To the, about the king, even though he didn't know that the king was talking to him. And the king's response was, if I knew that all the Chachamim were as little as you, I would never have called off all, killed all the Chachamim. And it could be, this was a dar before Shimon Gamil, it was a dar of Hordus. And he says, my whole life I grew up between the Chachamim. And this was then something which the Chachamim learned from Baba bin Butza. And that is that, the little sense, it kept them alive.